wrist movement when you're you're doing foil fencing. It's, yeah. it's just a little flick of the wrist and it whips that that yeah. sword tip. It's at you. it's a little more when you're doing saber because you're actually using the arm. Mm -hmm. And um, you do have arm movements because you've got the blocking and stuff with the sword as well. But yeah, and there's all the positions there's that I learned and I still remember mostly. <laughs> but yeah. Fencing is fun. What's that? What was that echo? Did you hear that echo? I did a little bit. That's so weird. Oh well. All right. Well, we'll continue that in just a second. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. And we've got a favorite, a family member in the indie tribe, Anita. Welcome back. Oh, it's great to be here. And apparently my voice decided to break as we go live. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So, what, what were we talking about a few seconds ago? Ah, fencing. Yeah. Fencing. Yeah, that is so much fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun to do too. Although I never competed in any tournaments with the club I was in, I watched other people do it because they were a lot better than I was at it. <laughs> because um, it wasn't that I wasn't good at the the actual fencing, but because of the fact you have to wear a mask over mm. glasses. The mask and the glasses restricted my vision more than the other people. So it kind of <sighs> hindered my abilities a little bit. But yeah, it was still fun. Can I get you to come down for Combat Con one year? Yeah, I would love to actually. But that That is, it's one of my favorite conventions to go to. And I want to say it's my favorite Vegas convention to go to because the, Vegas gets a lot of small conventions. And I do Comic Cons in bigger cities that are really interesting. But Combat Con is like my little hometown favorite fun convention where I get to do authorly stuff, but I also get to get to learn combat skills, get to watch fights, get to participate and learn some of these skills, which is amazing. So I, I got to plug them because they are coming July 21st through 24th. So we are almost there. Less than 30 days. I'm so excited. Ah. <sighs> And I've got an author friend who does actually compete in the longsword. And uh, as I was telling you before we, we went live, watching her get ready and all the equipment that they need, it, it's modern day armor for sure. Yeah. With, you know, the freedom of movement. But man, watching them just wail on each other and how fast they can move, especially with a longsword, the, the speed at which they can move is just amazing. Yeah, it's all skill. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is amazing. Even with the fencing, you, you um, learn how to, to move and avoid and, and just counterattack in, in seconds. Yeah. And I, I've had a few people show me some of the moves, but I mean, it would take years to, to really get good with that kind of stuff. But I, I'm in awe every time I can watch it because it's, it's just fantastic to see. And uh, Sorry, fangirling, fangirling already. I can't wait. I've been so looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully, because I'll be teaching on the writing track, hopefully I'll have plenty of time to go watch the tournaments as well as go participate in a lot of the uh, the classes because they have so many new varieties this year of things to learn. And I want to do everything, but yeah. you know, I, I got to pick and choose. I'd totally be going to watch the, the sword fighting because I love that. They had, um, like our local convention here has... Um some of the uh, the LARPers 
Oh, cool. Or it might be HEMA because I know there's a HEMA group in your in Nova Scotia too, but they have demonstrations um, at the convention that you can watch, which is fun. And occasionally they'll bring in audience members just to do a little try for them. That's fun too. So, oh yeah, that's half the fun, and and for writers especially, knowing the mechanics of the movements and and getting to hold a sword in your hand or you know a shield. Uh, a saber, you know, different weapons and feel how you move with them, what it feels like to hit something with them. It's so helpful in writing because if we know those feelings, we can describe them better. If we know yeah. what certain blocks look like, we're able to write them and we can write the counters and, and actually get a really cool fight going. Yeah, I was practicing with one of my daggers to, to see how it could be concealed and pulled out, how fast to assassin could do it yes and um, yeah it's pretty fast just if you want to know you can you can do it pretty quick and easy and just stab somebody and walk away especially oh, yeah. if you were i mean it, this is a renaissance thing so i was you know easily concealed under a cloak pull it out stab somebody put it back go away you know mm-hmm mm-hmm I believe it too. I mean, in one of the, the clinics that we taught last year at Combat Con, it was a show us your fight scene and we're going to act it out with weapons. And it was, again, it was eye-opening for the authors that came in to see the movements, see how it happens, see what you can and can't do so that they can make their scene more accurate. And uh, a lot of people are surprised with, with how speedy you can be with various weapons, even the big ones. Yeah, because I mean, and it's interesting because, you know, like when we do it, when we block it, if we can do it, and then our characters can do it better because they, they're, well, hopefully they've been trained in this. <laughs> um, Although, so they, they'd be faster and more experienced and, and, and the movements would be almost automatic. So, Although the inexperienced are, are definitely interesting to fight against too because the wild card and you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know what movements they're going to make because they don't have that muscle memory of, you know, which blocks to throw or which way to move the sword or how to, you know, control the distance between the fight, that kind of stuff. So you yeah. throw wild cards in there, that can be even more fun. Yeah. And when you're in real desperation, you pick up a garden gnome and brain your opponent with it. <laughs> that was one of the things I used to do with my ex-husband. Just, honey, stand there. I'm going to, I'm going to get my sword out. Just stand there. I won't hit you. I promise. And practice working around him with a weapon. But yeah, that's that's another thing that a lot of writers don't talk about is the, you know, when you are fighting, you're not fighting precise choreographed movements. You're fighting down and dirty and you're using every trick in the book to win. Yes. And that's what you have to do when you're, you're doing the fighting scenes. Like if you lose your weapon, you pick up a rock and you hit somebody with it. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Or you trip them or you kick them in the kneecap and break their kneecap, which is, by the way, the easiest bone in the body to break is the kneecap. Just if anyone needs a, a, uh -huh. uh -huh. a well-placed strike right there. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're down on the ground and a knife in your hand, you hamstring your opponent, which is to cut the, the tendons mm -hmm. of the calf, mm -hmm. the back of the calf. Yep. And it's fun learning all those things. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and that's actually what we'll be teaching at Combat Con this year for the writer's track is we're doing a writing intensive on fight scenes specifically. So we're going to be teaching not only, you know, the, the 
items that go into plotting and character and setting and all that stuff, but how to actually make your scene accurate. And so we're teaming up with stunt actors. We're teaming up with uh, weapons experts to do in class, you know, play with the weapons, learn the moves, learn the mechanics and go write the scene. So we're, we're really merging the two so we can get our writers yeah. to, you know, step it up a notch. Yeah. There's a, a group I belong to on Facebook too, that it's, it's for fantasy authors. I think they may be expanding it out eventually, but uh, it's basically medical people are in the group Ooh. who will answer your questions i and, like that yeah I, i'm i was very That's... nicely informed on how a stab wound would bleed out and yeah. you know it depends on where depends on where in the body you you stab of course for the bleeding but it's actually it won't bleed as much as i thought it would which was interesting oh okay yeah that's good stuff to know, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean you if you hit know. him in the heart, of course, you're going to bleed more than if you hit him in the stomach. There was a couple of different scenes I was I was discussing with them. One was in the heart and one was in the stomach. But if you get it in the abdomen, you're not going to bleed out as much because a lot of the bleeding is going to be internal. Pools under the skin, yeah. yeah. See, this is all good information. And, and speaking of, to, to kind of round it off to what we were meant to be talking about today... <laughs> So, Anita, you have been doing a lot of YouTube videos on author advice, which is something I don't care if you're new or experienced. Advice is always helpful and it's always good to get other opinions from people who are doing the same thing. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us how you got that started and, and what you're doing with this. Well, um, I started it just, you know, just to help other authors because you, you, you hang out on Facebook long enough. You see a lot of these new authors. They're always asking questions. They don't know what they're doing because neither did we when we started um and you know and so i figured i'd just do a few youtube videos and help people out i've done one on how to do a video interview like this you know what kind of etiquette what you should prepare how you should should go about it and yeah and and to definitely show up for your video interview you share to share your yes, interview share. yes definitely share um and uh, I also did one on, I did a live one on, on how to uh, do your own book cover. Oh. And that, that was fun because Photoshop crashed in the middle of that. Oh, no. I didn't <laughs> see that one. Yeah. Live on air Photoshop crashed. Murphy's Law. Yeah. That was a few years ago. And the uh, recent one I did that did pretty well was the one I did on the marketing, low-cost marketing advice. Oh. Yeah, I mean, how to how to go about, it. and then I did a follow up with that one with three, three gurus as I called them um, that I used for for marketing advice. That, that they have a lot of free stuff that you can you can I get, love and they that. also have books out and stuff, and paid stuff as well because you know they got to get paid too. So yes, but and I'm going to put out one soon on um, on choosing categories. Oh, okay. You see that a lot, especially with new authors. And um, I hate to, to, to single them out, but romance authors are very guilty of this in putting their books in the wrong categories, especially when you're doing group promos. They apply yeah. to promos across the board and they're annoying a lot of people. Yeah. I see it in the story origin group on Facebook a lot. People are complaining that people are 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 submitting to their promos and their books are not appropriate so i figured the uh, advice on that on how to choose your category how to figure out especially if you're in a like a mashup sort of situation which i am in a lot 
what categories to choose, how to find them, how to submit to promos properly. Because you get a lot with a lot of new writers. They just don't know the proper etiquette. And mm -hmm. a lot of them don't understand what genre they've written, which I find confusing. <laughs> they don't. Like I had, I was talking to one, I forget which group it was, it was other, and she was trying to narrow down her category. And I mean, I don't know exactly what she was writing, but her category sounded a lot more like thriller or suspense. And she was thinking it was more like family drama. Huh. Because it, that's, that's it revolved true. around a family, right? That's wildly different, though. Yeah, but see, the thing is that she thought genre was the characters, like the character, the plot of the book is family, right? Really? It's about a family. So from what I gathered, um, and I've seen this a lot, people don't get the genre has nothing to do with the plot, really. It has more to do with the elements that are in the plot. Like if you've got elves and quests and magic, you're a fantasy. No doubt. If you've got romance in that as well, then you're a fantasy romance, but you're not a romance fantasy. Is there possibility that a lot of them are just kind of doing the throw shit at a wall and see what sticks? Yeah, there is that possibility, but throw shit at a wall and stick can come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah, true, true. I'm not saying it's right, but I, I just wonder, because I, I do see a lot of times when I'm searching categories on Amazon, books yep. that do not fit in the, the search yep. that I've pulled up and and they're probably doing very well and that's why they stuck them in that category because it was maybe not as... Yeah, but they're they're doing damage skilled. they don't understand to their, mm -hmm. their, um, their algorithm on Amazon and they're also doing damage to other authors who are not getting in that category who belong in that category because they've taken spots. True. And Very if you've true. seen see my recent tweets on the the bear shifter in women's poetry that I complained about, <laughs> what? I went to the women's poetry category to check out some of the um, uh, I forget. Oh, it's the the blurb. I was trying to figure out the blurb for my latest poetry book, which is about women's issues. And I was checking out the books on the in the women's poetry category, and I found a bear shifter romance at number three. And it was a novel, not a poetry book. It wasn't even the right type of book. That is so annoying. And I also found a thriller, a, a romantic suspense thriller. So, but is there any penalty that they get for doing something like that? If, um, they're, if they're making number three, obviously they're getting their banner, they're getting seen more. Kind of wrong place. It can, it can be Amazon can penalize you for it doesn't do it very often but mm -hmm. they are cra they have been cracking down here and there lately so i mean it's a risk whether you you realize it or not it's also a risk as far as that because amazon has been cracking down on some of that and they've been getting complaints too so they may do it more yeah, i always wonder with amazon if they if they're going to do the right thing or if they're going to find a way to make it more problematic for us indies yeah, Amazon's just Amazon's indecipherable as a company, in my opinion. I just just try to have as little to do with them as possible until they screw something up, and then I yell at them. 
Well, I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot of great advice to share. And and what's the reception been for it? Um, well, the like the marketing video did pretty well. Um, yeah, but I mean, my YouTube channel is not big yet. I mean, it's it's growing slowly. So hopefully, we'll get a little more traction on it because I'm just learning basically on how to use the hashtags and and get the views and do the pretty thumbnails and things like that. So. Because, I mean, I really didn't pay much attention to my YouTube until the last couple of years. So, anyway. But, yeah, I'm also putting out some some uh, digital downloads. And I got the new book, the Planning Your Book thing, Ooh. which is my writer's creative organizer. Which is basically oh, how to again. the Planning yes. Your Book, the writer's creative organizer. And it's basically how to... It's got all these little sheets in it. <gasps> yes. Hold on. I'm making, making it big. Yes. Yeah, for, for characters and um, for plots. And I, I made it so you can use it for multiple books or series. And it's also good for um, for plotters or pantsers either way. Because I've got like things to put plot outlines on and things to put plot notes on in the plotting section and I've got things for images and sketches and maps. And it's even got a little calendar in the back so you can put all your little events in. Oh, hold on, hold on, make it big again. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so that, that and um, there's a print version for people who would like to, to have a physical copy of things. Yes. And I've also got a digital version up on Kofi that you can download if you prefer to do the digital. Oh, that's wonderful. What a great helper for, for authors to get their planning done. I like yeah. that. But anyway, yeah, I'm I'm proud of how it came out, although it was yeah, pain and a half to format. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it kept moving things. <laughs> I kept adding things, but the tables kept shifting. So I mm -hmm. had to go back and redo it like five times. It was so frustrating. I did the same thing with uh, the the women's guide to PTSD that we're we're getting ready to release, and of course, you know, my name's on it. I want it to look as good as possible. I mean, I would obviously want it to look as good as possible because I'm I want to make this book great, even if my name wasn't on it. But I get the wild idea that I need to make each page more visually appealing. I don't want just walls of text. I need to to separate things out. And of course, what does that include? Lots of text boxes. And the same problem you had. The minute you do something, it tweaks something yeah. else, and the text box drops where it was supposed to be. Yeah, and it's it's the the lined things on it that, that got me. It's not so much the images. The images were pretty easy. It was the lined things that kept shifting. Because ah. I mean, I'd add something because like I had beta readers um, go over the first draft and tell me what they thought and give me suggestions on what might be good to add. And one of my beta readers had some great suggestions, but of course I had to add all these things in. Mm -hmm. And when I added all the things in, the tables kept shifting down and up and ended up with three lines on a new page that I had to re-delete. And then I had to go over every one of those sections and make sure they were as even as possible. So like like the um, they all had like eight things at the bottom under one heading or whatever it was. And then so, yeah, they're not 100% even. Because for some reason, some pages have seven and some pages have eight. But they're as close as possible and no one's going to probably know. So There you go. There you go. As long as you get it close enough. What is it? 80% is, is, is what you strive for? Yeah. Perfection's impossible. 
but yeah but um the, yeah and i put a little i put little instructions in every section so that you know what the sections are for and i've got images in it so it's not like total text and ruled lines so you've got yeah, you got, you got visual elements again. yeah i love it i love it now how long did this take you from start to finish um probably about uh, probably about six months or so Oof. I mean, I had the initial idea, and then I just kind of stuck it in. In in, I use Papyrus Author to format, so I stuck it in there, and it just sort of sat there till I got around to actually doing it. And it took me about six months to get all the formatting done and stuff. And then they yeah. took Amazon like several about a week to get it published. It's like I, I hit the publish in that time where they had that delay. Ah. So yeah, so the the publishing was delayed. So that was fun. So what is Papyrus Author? I don't think I've used that program. Um, it's kind of like a, a Scribner sort of thing. Okay. Anyway, and they have a free version and a paid version. And um, the free version is actually nice. I, I actually like formatting print in it better than I did in InDesign. So Okay. It's yeah, basically the sim It's similar to the way it formats with InDesign. Um, the learning curve is a little more clunky in Papyrus mm -hmm. Author. But there's some features of it that actually work better than InDesign. So, okay. Yeah, InDesign. Once you've, I guess, got your templates in order, as long as it's a regular standard novel, it's not too hard. But those yeah. finicky bits, those are yeah. always, always was, a headache. It was the kerning part of the formatting that got me in InDesign, which is a lot easier and it looks a lot better in Papyrus Author. Mm. The only thing with InDesign with Papyrus author with all of these things is that stupid table of contents. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, why, 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 why does it do this thing? Anyway, the numbering in, in Papyrus author is a little, it works well, but it's a little weird to remember how to do it from book to book. Okay. But once you figure out how, the trick of it, or like, like with me, I remember, okay, now how did I do this again? <laughs> It's like so. It's like fifteen minutes of refreshing your memory on how to get it done, uh, and then and then. It's, but it's, after that, it's pretty easy to to um, change. It's like with InDesign, you had to to move things and switch things around whenever you changed it. With the Papyrus Author, you just go into a little box and you change numbers, and it does it automatically. Well, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's just you got to remember how to change the numbers, <laughs> which is because I mean I. I'm like my mind will just dump that information from book to book. So yeah, if you're not using it at the moment, it goes into you know yeah, long term long term storage, storage. It's hard yeah. to find it again. <laughs> we uh, we talked about Atticus recently as a possible alternative for indies to use, and I've played around with it a little bit since then, and I'm yeah. not as impressed as I was initially. I tried it when it first came out. I did not stick with it because, as I said, I had Papyrus. I had Papyrus Author, and basically, Papyrus Author can do much of what Atticus can do at the moment. Atticus is adding stuff and getting better, so it may actually improve as the things go on. But at the moment, I got a free program that I can use just fine. So, and mm -hmm. I did not like the online thing about Atticus that was the one deal breaker for me it's like yeah. I don't like that yeah I, I like everything on my computer yeah which is funny because I love Google Docs but 
go figure. So, but you can use Google Docs offline. Yeah, you can. It's a little tricky sometimes, but you can use Google Docs offline. I, I really prefer to have everything just on my computer to work with it. So right now, Atticus, I'm not getting rid of it yet. Yeah. Rebecca, but it's not my go-to. I still prefer formatting in the way that I've been formatting for years. And I, I use a clone of InDesign, which is uh, called Affinity. Um, Affinity Publisher. That way I don't have to worry about any extra fees, one-time purchase, and I yeah. use it forever. Uh, I tried that one. It's not similar. Like it. I did not like it. I couldn't figure it out. I don't know. I mean, if you can figure it out, it's good. That's great. But I could not figure it out. The life of me For drove me Basic nuts. stuff, it's okay. Um, but I still, honestly, I have VBA code that I use within Word that I can format faster and more clean than any other program I've used. So I still go back to using, you know, Word as my standby yeah. with a little extra, extra but, coding that gives me a way to format it without the headaches. Yeah, I mean, I like Papyrus Author because you can actually upload a Word document to it and it will pretty much just format it and you can just format it um, in in Papyrus Author and it's fine. And you can you can uh, export uh, as a PDF, you can export as an EPUB, you can uh, and do all oh, that. Oh, I do like that. Automatic EPUB exporting. Oh, Yeah, the, the only fine, the, the EPUB's a little not quite not quite good i have to do sometimes do a little bit of um tweaking in in sigil okay with the epub but it's just minor tweaking because i i it may be me and not the program because i i didn't watch any of the tutorials and kind of figured it out on my own so i mean i may just not be doing something right on that but i think most of us we we tend to learn that way right ones who are just always doing the formatting and stuff ourselves we we yeah. figure our own little tips and tricks out i don't out have too. time to watch the tutorials i have things to do <laughs> yep i'm the same way i don't i don't use sigil i never got the hang of sigil but i still use calibre and i like their editor i i can go in and i can fiddle with it change the coding however i want to and, and that i seem to understand that one better yeah no i like sigil because i mean you can look at the code and you can look at the non-code mm -hmm. in both ways and so and I, i'm i mean i'm used to the code part of it because i used to do my own website way way back in the day and i learned the hard way on how to do basic code i mean i, I can't write any code like computer stuff or anything like that but i can do basic coding like the html stuff so i mean i can understand that so i mean i don't mind using sigil I, I can understand it. I, I don't think I could write my own from scratch, but I can Frankenstein from what's there and make yeah. it work. It's about as far as I get, but I, I know it well enough to be able to Frankenstein it. So there's that. The only one I've ever heard that still likes. I, I just like their editor. I mean, I don't use it for much, but when I want to go in and check an EPUB file, their editor makes sense to me. And I've, gotten so used to it i know you know where to do everything how to move around in it so you kind of like an old dog you get stuck in one way and you don't want to change yeah i mean calibra is not that bad for making epubs and 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 mobi files and stuff i mean especially if you want to upload um, reader magnets and stuff but i mean and if there is any issues with it you can uh, you can just tweak them in, in sigil or, or their own their it own editor, gets like fights with google what 
you have to clarify that one, Rebecca. I don't, I don't understand why Calibra is fighting with Google. Yes, why does it fight with Google? <laughs> I've never had, I've never had any fights with it, Google. <laughs> I mean, and a lot of times, you know, I, again, I run it through EPUB checks when I'm done, and it hasn't mm -hmm. had any problems. Yeah, it. and and that's you know again one of the reasons that I ended up learning the editor was because I would get EPUBs that weren't passing check, and I'd have to go in and find something you know in all this string of code and it made it easier for me to find we'll see what rebecca says formatting is such a pain in the butt i mean there's there's a lot of quick ways around it like with draft to digital will help you do it but yeah oh but draft to digital is only good up to a point <laughs> yeah you never get perfect that's what i was about to say it's not not, not even that there are some things that draft to digital just doesn't quite grasped like the short story i did the short story in graph to digital and that was a bit of a pain they have mm -hmm. improved their poetry thing they okay. have actually done their poetry they will format poetry and it comes out quite good now so okay what is rebecca saying calibra has hidden characters in it so about half the time when i upload to share the doc with my authors it will break hmm. i've never run into that problem no i haven't either what, what are you uploading to calibra causing the breaks is it she's using a, a google doc into calibra i don't know maybe mm -hmm. uh, the, if you are using a google doc in calibra uh, upload the google doc as a word document and then try it or you know when you download it save it as an rtf that way it, it blanks then, all mean, of the extra because calibra will accept word documents no problem and have i've had no issues uploading word documents and and converting them although i think she's kind of like done with it <laughs> <laughs> well hey if she's got another program that works for her fine yeah yeah whatever works i mean i don't use calibre much i just basically use it for the reader magnets that i upload the story origin this is true we're not doing it several times for a manuscript either yeah that's true well unless yeah. you make it screw up and then <laughs> Because the mean, Kindle Previewer is what I use for that. I, I check my my EPUB, then I throw it into Kindle Previewer, yeah. and then I double check it there. Yeah. And usually, if I find the screw up there, I can easily just go back and fix. Because yeah, when I um, when I format my eBooks, I use Kindle Create for the stuff I upload to Amazon. It's got the Kindle Previewer built into it too. So okay, and it, it makes a nice basic EPUB. Uh, no, well, uh, it's not an EPUB. It, I don't know the what KPF. the heck. It, yeah. I don't know what the heck Kindle Create spits out. Okay, so Amazon does take EPUBs now. So you could yeah, just. It's I'm going to not take Mobis, period. I know. Yay. It's, 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 it's retiring the Mobi. Thank Kindle, God. The Kindlepreneur people put out two videos on that and that you're, how to, um, how to uh, upload a EPUB to your Kindle. Oh, good, good. So we're we're completely getting rid of the format, and yeah. now we don't have to worry about because that's that's always an annoyance too. Is you you get the EPUB perfect, and then you've got to convert it to a, a Mobi file, and Mobi just doesn't quite have the same functionality, so things don't work as well. Yeah, but uh, I don't know how that's going to affect places like BookFunnel and Story Origin, though, because if they're going to EPUB to upload their books. I mean, if Amazon's going to say you can't um, put Mobis on your Kindle anymore, I mean, we're going to have they, to go and do all our reader magnets and remove the Mobis. That's easy enough. Yeah. I mean, we usually upload both versions anyway, so we just 
no longer need although to i will be happy not to have to put two versions up on on things like story origin if that's yeah. the case yeah yeah that that sucks i just well, rather just do the epub and be done with it well the epub always had a little bit more functionality than the mobi it, it could handle things better like text boxes like floating images and that kind of stuff whereas the mobi was just really clunky but yeah, and for my other my my wide books, I just use the drafted digital formatter usually because it, it it does a pretty good job and has nice little scene break things on it. Although I wish they would get around to putting more on that site. Which one was it? The drafted digital. I I'm wondering if because they're merging with um, oh. Smashwords. Oh, they promised us this stuff like three years ago. They didn't do it yet. Yeah, but Smashwords now owns them, if I remember correctly, how the merger went. So now no, they, got, own, they own Smashwords. They own Smashwords. Okay, so I got it backwards. So they've got to do all the merging and stuff to get those two platforms to talk before they give us anything new. Mm. I'm, I'm guessing it'll be a while before we get anything absolutely new from them. But they yeah, were an easy way to yeah. format if you didn't know how to format. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Smashwords is still pretty much doing business as usual, and so is Drafted Digital. I mean, they're not doing anything together yet, because I mean, Smashwords is currently having their their summer sale thing mm -hmm. that they have every year. So, I put a few of my books. I still have some books on Smashwords, the older ones that I never bothered to take off. So, um, yeah, the the there some of them are on sale. So. But I don't promote there anymore. It's just like, oh, I've got some books over there. Put them on sale every once in a while. People I forget them. what's on Smashwords. I mean, I, I love Smashwords for being the granddaddy that started yeah. it. But it was, they never was updated the, anything. Yeah. It was the meat grinder that did it. From, did God. Me and, that's why I switched to Drafted Digital. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. I never get it right the first time, even on Drafted Digital. There's always something that's wrong. There's always one line that doesn't have a space. <laughs> and it's like, why? Why did I not notice that? Yeah. One little so thing. So it's like five, five uploads later, you're going, oh, it's finally done. Yay. But it was way simpler than Smashwords, which would yeah. kick back weird errors that you'd have to go look yeah. up and figure out what the yeah. hell are they talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was, it was 10 uploads later on Smashwords. So <sighs> And, and, and it was nice that they gave pulling. you the formatting guide, but still, I mean, to, to read a whole manual to figure out what the hell this stupid error that's kicking back is. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, for the novels on Draft to Digital, it's just the little mini mistakes that I miss, mostly. I mean, the poetry I had a lot of problem with until they fixed that. Because mm -hmm. they, they now, you can actually now put in the, the poetry breaks. There's okay. a, I think you have to put two returns so i don't remember what it is i've got it written down somewhere um for every poetry break and it will actually put it in now okay so you can have a nice little everything set up with the poetry the short story they did have problems with i did manage to finally figure out how to get that done right but yeah they still have problems with the short story formatting nothing's ever 100 percent perfect no but they at least are. But options. you can always do your own EPUB and upload it to Draft to Digital too. So because I did that with, um, I did that with the po one of the poetry books. Yeah, they always give you that little warning like you're doing something wrong, but you know, just click past it. Yeah. Well, if you'd use your own EPUB, you can't 
use something else of theirs is basically what they're telling you. Mm -hmm. But it really makes no difference. But the first time you see that, especially for new authors, it's like, oh, wait, wait, what? I can't do this. Hold on. But yeah, I mean, and their drafted digital's um, customer service is really good because the first time I used drafted digital, I screwed something up royally. <laughs> I don't remember what it was now, but um, they actually helped me figure it out and fix it. So yeah, they, they, they've got good customer service. I always get, um, I forget to take the links out. That's usually the where it gets me is on my back matter. You know, get the links to, you know, website, sometimes my Amazon page is on there, that kind of stuff. And the, the minute you've got Amazon in there, it, it fires back. And one time I had the word Amazon, not a link, the word Amazon. And it, it flagged it for that. Yeah. I had the opposite problem. I forgot to take the draft to digital page out of some of my books. Because <laughs> they give you a, like a draft to digital, you know, read more stuff on the mm -hmm. books to read page thing that I add to the draft to digital version. Anyway, so I keep, I, some of that, I think it's up on my reader magnets because I use draft to digital's version for the reader magnets, some of them. So yeah, you, you can see that on some of my reader magnets. But, yeah. Not a huge problem though. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca, DD. Drafted Digital has been saying for a long time they're going to update their chapter headings. Yeah. Like I said, though, with the merger, they're probably too busy dealing with they, I think they did. foreign systems. I did think they updated a the couple of them because there is a couple of new ones that, like, but, yeah, they don't have any good horror ones and they don't have any good things. But um, they have had a lot of stuff going on and their, mm -hmm. their new printing took a lot of their time, so... It's understandable, but yeah, they've been saying that for a long time, way before Smashwords merger. We'll believe it when we see it. All right, so what other author advice are you going to be touching on? Well, I have been noodling around with doing a cover evaluation video. Ooh. I'm just wondering if I can find any guinea pigs <laughs> in the authors to do it with, though. Because I was kind of like wanted to take authors who want their covers evaluated and do it live on air, Ooh. like sort of uh, live on air. It's just take the, take their cover, do a new version for them, and then show them their the old cover, and then show them the new version, and see and and see if they can tell the difference and what they what I, and tell them what I have changed and what's improved. Okay. I mean, I see a lot of I see a lot of new authors. They're doing their own covers, or they're just getting basic covers and there are things they could fix that are really easy to fix by themselves the the one thing i see a lot of is bad font oh, yes it's like you know you you've done it on canva and you've used the fancy font because it's a fancy font yeah. but it's practically unreadable yep and it's horrible and i've said another thing is i see in them use a lot of images probably off pixabay or some other site where they've got the three-dimensional the 3d generated figures okay that are stuck on the backgrounds oh. and you can tell they're just copy and pasted on the background 
there's no shadow, there's no blending, there's no nothing. Mm. Okay. And they're 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 really bad. <laughs> I mean, I understand why people are doing that because it's expensive to yes, can buy be. a cover, which is also why I started doing covers for authors. Uh, um at reasonable prices yeah you got some excellent prices and some excellent covers yeah i too. did close down the pre-made website though because i wasn't getting the um the customers there and i just couldn't afford to keep two websites open mm -hmm. i'm in the middle of transitioning some of it over to my my author website and i'm going to transition some of them over to my Kofi page i'm still in the middle of doing that Put so i'm sort of i'm sort of transitioning the the book cover uh service into a new 2.0 okay but i'm still doing them and i'm still taking custom covers and i've actually actually got some custom i that's why i shut down the pre-made because i was getting more custom work than i was pre-made mm, good anyway so i'm still doing that although i've i've like i've been kind of preoccupied with the new job which is, is, is fun, but it's taken, it took up a lot more time than I figured it the, in first because I was trying to, I had to get used to all the 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 uh, formatting and stuff that they do. Mm. And I, I trained on one site, their WordPress site, and then they switched over to a new platform. So <laughs> that was fun. It's like, oh yeah, all that training I did and all that, that stuff I learned, that's yeah, totally useless now. <laughs> but actually i like the new platform better so I'm, I'm just teasing so it's a lot more it's a lot easier to use in the web the wordpress one they were using so oh, I can that's understand. good then i understand why they switched 100 fair better. enough but still all the time wasted there's only so many hours in the day <sighs> but yeah well i mean you still learn like their system like the you know putting in the links and the formatting and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that still was was valid, so it wasn't a total waste. Oh, good. It just, you just had to learn relearn all of it on the new platform. So, so covers are, com are coming, but it's going to be a little while. Well, I while still have all the pre-made covers that were up on the website. They're still available. They're okay. just not uh, out anywhere being visible at the moment, so... I do yeah. like the idea of, of uh, you know, like a cover clinic. That that could be a fun series to do where you, you know, if you get enough interest in it and you get enough people, you know, willing to show off their cover and have it uh, critiqued and I mean, fixed. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of people who it's not, not necessarily they have bad covers either is that they're unsure whether the cover is good or they're, they're unsure whether the cover fits their genre, which is another problem. They have lovely covers, but it might not be genre specific. So yeah, I, I I do like the idea of of you know rounding up a few authors, doing the doing them a new cover, and you know and the incentive would be you know if you like the new cover, you can have it for free for coming on the show. Oh oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. And that that you could really branch that into like a full series if people like that and want to keep yeah. doing that, and that gives you a lot of you know marketability for your cover design. Yeah, because I mean, I love doing covers. I mean, I really do. <laughs> I mean, I did this one. That's, that's, I like that one. Yeah. Actually, I left out getting the image and this 
continues over in the back with that. Oh, and then I just pretty. then I just purpleized it. It's a good color. Oh, we got, I'm there. <laughs> because yeah, I mean I I recently joined Canva because actually I joined Canva because I was watching Joe's um, teachables on, on Go Indie Now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karina did, Karina Cantus did uh, how to use Canva. So she finally convinced me to go to Canva. Okay. Because actually I like Canva for doing the graphics because it's a lot quicker. You know, you can just pop in and out of Canva instead of mm. loading Photoshop and waiting for that to load. Because yeah. I love Photoshop, but it is so slow on my computer. Yeah. Anyway, but. I mean, I wouldn't do my covers on Canva because I've got Photoshop and I've got a nifty little plugin for Photoshop called Boris Optics Effects. What? What is this? Tell me more. Oh, it is so fun. Um, and they recently updated it for 2020 where they have these little sci-fi um, sci-fi things you can stick in it, like, um, like little uh, screen overlays, like if you're doing a sci-fi cover and stuff. So you like, I have like screen grids anyway. And you, it does, oh, it's really nice because it does nice, like does special effects. You can do ambient light and you can get different lighting effects. You, they've got um, like, you can render lightning and um, different other things like that. And you've got different color tints and color gradients that you can use. And you can do like, they've got section where you can do actual movie cinematic movie colors. Oh my over, goodness! Over I need graphic. to. I need to know where to go find this. It's a. Uh, it's Boris. Uh, uh, Boris effects, and then it's the optics program in there. Um, it like I got a like a fifty percent discount on on the version because I watched the Photoshop Cafe okay. on YouTube, and he was offering uh, a mega discount for all his um, his uh, subscribers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I got it. I, I bought the lifetime license. I think it was for about a hundred dollars. Dang. But yeah. Um, but yeah, he does do discounts on that from time to time. If you want to, if anyone wants to pop over to the Photoshop cafe and, uh, and check out his, uh, his videos, they're great for Photoshop lessons too. I love mm -hmm. his, I love, I love his tutorials and he was doing a live the uh, live demonstration thing every Thursday where he'd show us different stuff live um, that's been temporarily suspended for a while because they're improving it but yeah and that one in the Photoshop training channel or the other one I, I those are my two Photoshop I like that one yeah I watched that one yeah but yeah because he's good too but I like the Photoshop shop cafe too because he, he's got some really nice tips and stuff i'm gonna have to like put all these links in the show notes below after the show because not only do i want to go back and find them later but i'm sure as, as people watch uh after the fact they might want to find these as well because anything that makes photoshop a little bit easier to deal with is always good oh yeah but i love boris effects because it, it just pops the covers up that much more on the on the uh on on with the effects because you can do stuff with that like like professional stuff which i like you got me sold now i gotta go find some coupon codes 
anyway but i mean it's not too um, it's not too bad i mean regular price it, it's under 200 dollars for a lifetime license okay i mean i needed the discount because i'm canadian and i have the exchange rate on <laughs> oh god oh yeah, yeah. so the, the discount just made it affordable for me but for for the americans it's not a bad price to get the optics effects and you get a free uh one year free upgrade with the with the the lifetime okay. or you can do the subscribe a month thing too which is pretty reasonable okay because i mean if you just wanted to try it out and they do have a trial like they have a free trial oh perfect if i because i did do a free trial before i bought it because i wasn't sure if it would work on my computer because my computer's a little older so I, I did try that and it, it worked. I loved it. I bought it with the coupon. So yeah. And, um, and after the free year upgrade, you can upgrade for $40, $40 a month every year. Okay. So if you want or not, yeah. the, the, you don't have to upgrade, which is the good thing. So you can use it as is forever. I will definitely be checking that out after the show tonight. Cause that sounds really helpful. And while I don't do a lot of covers, I do a lot of graphic design for flyers and stuff. So I, I do need something to help make Photoshop a little bit easier. Yeah, but I really do like the Boris Optics Effects plugin. That is a, it's got so many things. I'm still finding things. <laughs> See, and that's why this whole author advice thing is a, is a really good thing because, like I said earlier, even if you've been in this for a long time, there's always something new that you can learn from somebody who has been doing it or yeah. who has found a tip or a trick or an easier way to do something. Yeah. I mean, it's like um, even today, I just, the Photoshop training channel had a little short on how to desaturate uh, the background and keep the foreground from in color. Okay. And so I tried that out and it was like, yes, it works. Yay. I love that. I love when it works. Yeah, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's like uh, I watch the video and then I try it and I go, okay, yeah, it's not working. I missed something here. 15 <laughs> so, steps and you're like, wait, what did I yeah, miss? <laughs> yeah, go back, watch the video. Oh, yeah, that I didn't do that. Oh, I hate when I do something and I nail it. And then later on, I want to go back and recreate it and I can't remember what I've done. Yeah, yeah that's that's why my art playlist is so long. And it's like, yeah, and then you got to go through it and find, okay, where was that video? Hey, Margaret, go do your family stuff. Yeah. Ah, yeah, so that's good. I, I like your idea for covers. Definitely will be checking out the uh, the optic effects. That sounds amazing. Um, anything else that you want to touch on before we go? We've got about 10 minutes left in the hour. Well, I just got the new books. Um, uh, my poetry book is on sale this this week. My new poetry book, Roses and Ashes, poems about feminism and sexism, love and hate. Is that this one here? No, nope, that's the that. that's the short story. I nope. didn't give you the, the, the poetry book. Oh, that's right. That's right. I don't okay. have a graphic for that. I've been very remiss about marketing that book because I'm not sure how to do it. Because <gasps> it's so different from the rest of my stuff. Hmm. Because like most of my poetry books have some sort of tie-in to fantasy, sci-fi, whatever, right? There's always some sort of section in them. So it's easier to market. This one is totally women's issues. It's totally, oh. it's totally about sexism, feminism, all these sort of gender issues. And so, yeah, I'm having trouble marketing that. But it's on sale this week for my birthday. 
and um, it's on Amazon right now for 99 cents. And for the rest of the retailers, it starts on the 4th of July. So I love that. And happy, happy birthday. Yeah. My birthday's on the 10th, but it's so everything's on that book's on sale till the 10th. So I love that doing the, the sales for the birthday. I like that. I always put one book on sale for my birthday. <laughs> These two in the chat, you guys are cracking me up. <sighs> but, so we've got the poetry book, which is, is very timely right now. Yeah. And we've talked about the planning your book, creative organizer. So that one's on sale, both in digital and the, the, the paperbacks on Amazon, the digitals on Kofi. That's my Kofi page. I'm also running, if anyone wants to go over my Kofi page, I'm currently writing a sci-fi serial over there. And uh, yeah, we just murdered all the crew. So. <laughs> <laughs> or most of the crew. More, more horrible things will be happening next week, probably, if I remember to upload the serial, the, the, the next segment. So, um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's horrible aliens coming, doing horrible things to the crew. So, I like that. I like that. We'll have to put a link again in the show notes for for your Kofi. So make sure you send that over to me. And I've got some digital downloads over there as well on the Kofi page, which uh, I've got the um, the uh, amusing checklist for for book launch for the writers. Ooh. Which is basically it's a checklist of things that you have to do when writing a book, okay. but it also has like weird little things in like drink coffee and drink more coffee <laughs> stuff like that so it, it's very amusing it, it, sort of tongue-in-cheek version of it good i like that yeah and i'm going to be putting some more checklists up there for authors you know what to do checklists for doing a book launch stuff like that okay i just I gotta like finish i, like I just gotta finish creating them you, you've got a lot of great advice to impart things that are gonna be very very helpful i like this I can't wait to see you what you do with it and you go further with it because you've got so much that could really be expanded on. Like that cover idea, I think that would make an amazing series on on YouTube where you could get a lot of people really interested and teach them as well as help yourself by, you know, showcasing your work. I love that. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I got some digital like labels and things that I've got up on Kofi too that you can download. Because I want to put some crafty stuff up because I'm doing my crafty stuff over on the, the Redbubble store as mm -hmm. well. And I've got some writer merchandise over there if anybody's interested. Oh, yeah. I've been over to your Redbubble a couple of times. Yeah. I see you post something on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I got to go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love the fact they've got pet stuff over there on Twitter on, on Redbubble now, which mm -hmm. is fun. Because I've, I've, been, I've been making the mandalas. Coffee and tequila. I don't think that goes together so well. That's a lot of acid in the in that flavor profile. Hmm. I wouldn't know. I don't drink. So. I don't know. I I could see you know something lighter, but tequila is very acidic, and coffee is very acidic. I don't. If Rebecca, if you like that, go for it. But that just that seems harsh. Like my stomach is aching just thinking about it. Yes, but at least I didn't have to go off coffee for my new my new medication, so that's good. Yeah, how do you how do you know caffeine is like essential? That's, that's yeah. A well, I asked I asked the, the the doctor whether I had to cut my coffee intake down. And he said no, two cups a day should be okay. It's, it's just you know don't don't do any more. So I'm happy with that. 
coffee should not be a safe. Well, every coffee I've ever had is. <sighs> Unless it's sun-dried. I'm not a coffee connoisseur. I just I actually really don't like most coffees because they're 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 very sharp, they're acidic, they're just bleh. and bitter. Yes, bitter, Margaret. <sighs> yeah, this is why I put lots of cream and lots of sugar in my coffee. Mm -hmm. It takes all those bad tastes away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but caffeine is an essential element to to all writers, so mm -hmm. Whatever way you get it, you got to make sure you do get it. Yeah. And, and I, I also subscribe for my birthday for Japanese snack boxes. Ooh, I've heard of those. Yeah, the boxu. Yeah, not overly impressed so far. We'll, oh. we'll see with July. I mean, the, the first box, it was okay. I mean, I found the sweets to be nice, but nothing special. Although okay. I, though, I will say the apple cookie was, oh, the apple cookie was yum. Was that the green box? Uh, boxu's red. It's a see the their first box is Seasons of Japan. That's uh, okay because I maybe I'm thinking of a different one where they had like yeah. The there is a couple of a couple of them out anyway. Okay. I keep seeing boxu on all my YouTube channels, so I just decided to to splurge and get a three month subscription for my birthday. Oh, that's anyway, cool. but but they had some fish crackers in that. Yeah. Okay. If you ever had smoked mackerel. That's what those fish crackers tasted like. And they were awful. Just awful. Mm -hmm. I have never made such faces in my life. I've never had smoked mackerel, but I'm going to take your word for it. Don't eat smoked mackerel. Okay. Smoked mackerel is sort of a thing in Nova Scotia. And I grew up ah. with it. Yeah. Don't. Just stay away from it. Yeah. That doesn't sound like something I would want to eat. But that's kind of, you know, part and parcel with doing the, you know, the boxes. You never know what you're going to get. Although, surprisingly, the seaweed cracker things were pretty good. I mean, there was a little bit of a weird aftertaste, but they were bad. I've had seaweed before, and, and it, as long as they're salty enough, it's good for me. If they're not salty enough, that fish flavor comes up, and it doesn't taste as good. Yeah, and the, the chili crackers were yummy. Fish crackers are either great or sinisterly bad. Yes, I think... Uh, yeah, the, these yeah. ones were sinisterly bad. But surprisingly, I added, the, I crushed one of them up and added it to a, a soup to see if I could get a little, like a fish chowder. Oh. And I took a little piece of the cracker that hadn't been crushed up and I tasted it and the fish taste was all gone. So huh. apparently if you soak them in milk, your fish taste leaves. <laughs> Interesting. It's always an adventure with those things. Yeah. But I, I, the the next box is citrus, so it might be a. Might be a Ooh, I love almost everything citrus. Mm, so do I. So. All right. What? Hold on a second. I want to see because you sent me a couple of graphics. I want to make sure that we're able to touch on them. So there's another book that you'd sent me, The Ghostly Tower. Yeah, that's the first in the Hayward and Anderson Consulting Detective series. This is going to be a series of five short stories. And it's basically a paranormal steampunk detective series with um, Elspeth Hayward and Lars Anderson. And it's sort of a Sherlock Holmes parody as well. Ooh. And basically, the, each short story is a case that they're solving. This case is the case of the ghostly tower where they have to hunt. They have to figure out why this tower is haunted. And 
story two is going to be about vampires and story three is uh, headless corpses walking London. <laughs> and uh, story four is going to be sort of a Lovecraftian thing. And story five is going to be Sherlock Holmes at Reichenbach and Elspeth's role in that particular event. Okay. Okay. And her saving the world from a big forest god type thing. And what is the publishing schedule on that one? Um, estimated. Uh, book two should come out. I mean, story two should come out this year, probably in September at this point, maybe a little earlier, depending on how fast I edit it. And um, the rest of the short story should come out next year. And then it's all going into a box set with an extra story. When you find out about Lar uh, Lars fiance and why he dumped her. Ooh. And uh, it's going to be a print version. I'm going to also do a print version of that box set. And I may I may add an extra little short flash fiction in that, in the box set as well. I haven't decided on that. But, uh, yeah, but I, I do like writing those stories because Elspeth is fun. She's basically fearless, likes dynamite and shooting things. So Sounds like my kind of girl. I like that. And yeah, and, and this is all set in, in alternate Victorian London, so. Awesome. Awesome. Well, definitely, as you're getting more of those out, you got to come back on and, and talk about them. We always like having you here. It's it's fun sitting and chatting with you. Yeah, and I got all the covers done for those. <laughs> so I always do my covers first because it helps me write the stories for some reason, so. I could see that almost like visual plotting because it gives you the theme to work off of. And then when I change the story, I have to go back and change the cover. <laughs> that, that's what happened with the Norse tales. I had a cover set up for it, but then I, the, as I'm plotting this all out and the whole thing's coming together, I'm going, no, that cover's not going to work. So I went and redid it. Dang it. <laughs> but I wasn't happy with the first cover anyway, so. But at least you enjoy doing the covers. So that's a creative outlet. Yeah, the second cover's better too. So. Actually, there is kind of a Cthulhu mashup in the, the, the Hayward and Anderson. It's, it's not Cthulhu per se, but it is an eldritch god that makes an appearance, sort of. Anyway, and Sherlock Holmes appears in... Sherlock Holmes is going to be a character in Story 5 for a brief brief appearance because he's fallen off the cliff at that point so he's sort of unconscious <laughs> i think you've got a, a happy customer waiting now <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's like well there's a running joke to the series in the first story the ghostly tower elspeth actually admires sherlock holmes she he's her inspiration for becoming a consulting detective but she wrote to him and he wrote back and was rather rude mm -hmm. Sherlock Holmes is so there's a running joke to the rest of the series that she now hates him and he's her rival and it, she goes on and on and on and on about that I like it so yeah no Sherlock <laughs> Holmes is not Cthulhu is, is story four Sherlock Holmes is story five <laughs> She's already feeding you information for the story. I love it. I love it. Although, although there is a, a god in story five, but not an eldritch god. I just haven't nope. figured out no which spoilers. 
No spoilers. I just haven't figured out which god yet is in story five. So Okay. But there's some dark horror creepy thing trying to get out and take over the world in story five. So mm. yeah. And, okay. and and Moriarty shows up in story five as well. I've always liked Moriarty. Yeah, but not the same Moriarty that you all know. He's different. <laughs> She's really pushing for that. <laughs> well, I did kind of want to do a follow-up Sherlock Holmes story after Brag. I'm not sure what the um, what the uh, copyright is on the follow-up after Ragenbach Falls on Sherlock Holmes, though. So, yeah, you gotta be careful with that. Yeah, up to Reichenbach, you're free to use it. Okay, but after there's still some copyright on some of those stories, so I'm not sure about that. Rebecca is not giving up. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Well, there, all there right. is an evil villain surrounding the, the Eldritch God that um, Elspeth gets to punch in the nose. Oh. It, she punches a lot of people. Nothing wrong with that. They deserve no. it. No. No, in, in the second story, she's got some brass knuckles. Ooh. I'm liking this girl. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca's still going. <laughs> but yeah. No, I, I do like writing the Hayward Nairs because it's a lot of fun because Elspeth's like this gung-ho woman, right? And Lars is like this, I just want to stay home and 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 have brandy and tea, you know? It's like, but um I gotta my job is to take care of her and keep her out of serious trouble. Reluctant follower. Yeah. Yep. But uh, it's like an interesting that. it's an interesting play between those two. So they're a lot of fun to write. All right. Well, as, as I said, once you've got a few more of them out, you got to come back and, and discuss some of them here. Clearly, you have a fan. <laughs> Rebecca is foaming at the mouth to get you to write Cthulhu and Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, well, you will get an eldritch god. And a mechanical monster in story four. Oh, now she's on me. Before we get into that side of it, Rebecca, we'll just close out the show for today. Yeah. And, and don't forget to 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 pick up Katie's writing advice book, too, which oh, you yeah. didn't mention. So yeah, go ahead and I, mention it. I, I think yours and mine would, would pair very well together. Yes. We got the writing advice. The, uh, the writing, creative writing tips, as well as the editing tips, and uh, a lot of cheat sheets. Those are my absolute favorite to help with word swaps, to help with your sensory words, some seek and destroy words that you can get rid of to make your writing instantly sound snappier, all the, the good stuff there. And then, Anita, that like flows perfectly with yours because you've got all the organizational stuff. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That this is the, the how to pre-plan all your your research and your characters and stuff because yeah, and half of it is characters by the way just just to show you where the characters is because that's why I I put so many character sheets in here so you can use it for more than one book so you mm -hmm. don't have to buy it all the time like see that's all the character sheets right there oh good so, yeah so you can do like multiple books you can do a series and and stuff like that and there's a there's miscellaneous notes too so if you need more plot plot notes as well in there 
And that's also why you put the, the download, the digital downloads, because if you want more, you can go and buy the digital downloads, print them out, and just staple them into the book. Yes. Yes, Rebecca, you do need to check that out. I, I think you're going to enjoy that one. The, the organizational tools are always helpful, especially if you've got it in like one, one spot to go to. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I have my series on the Renaissance Venice and I'm writing it and I'm just, where did I put my notes? I've got all these different pages of notes on Google Docs and where are they? So I'm going to be using one of these on myself when I get back to writing that series and put all my notes together. Isn't that funny how you create a book for others and you end up using it more? I, I don't know where I put my version of the writing book but the pages are now bowed out because mm -hmm. I use it all the time yeah. for all of those cheat sheets and the word swaps. I'm yeah. Like, where was that? Oh, I know that was here. And yeah, I'll go the, thumb through the, it. The one with the ugly Amazon banner is going to be the one I use. Oh, wait, hold on. Here it is. There we go. There's yeah. my, <laughs> I've used it so often that the pages will not close anymore. But, but that's yeah. what it's there for. And, and it's something that can be used with new authors or experienced authors alike. Yeah, and then it's pretty universal for most genres, too. I mean, it's geared a little bit towards fantasy and sci-fi because, you know, that's mostly what I write. But you can pretty much use it for any genre. And it's good for pantsers and plotters as well. So, mm -hmm. All right. Well, we have gone over our hour. So I'm sorry, Anita. I didn't mean to keep you that long. Oh, it's okay. I got nothing to do tonight because I'm, I'm done working. So the rest of the night's... I've been working all day on my articles and I'm done for today. So lucky you. My night is just beginning. <laughs> I spent most of my day today doing work that I'm not getting paid for, but it was, it was fun, creative outlet work. Yeah. So I, I was enjoying making them. And then I looked at the clock and went, shit, I just wasted half my day. Yeah. So I get to spend the rest of the evening doing real work. <laughs> yeah. And one last plug, and that's for the, the author to writing conference. Oh, yes, yes. Let which we are both in. Find. There we go. Yeah, that's the panel I'm hosting on Saturday. And we're going to be talking steampunk. And I'm going to be having the authors from the fairy tale punk anthologies as the guests. So we're going to be talking about all the punk genres steampunk, diesel punk, clock punk, all the punks. And it should be fun. I bet. That's a good lineup. And there. we are going to be in a panel together with J.D. Estrada on uh, writing across genres. Or yes. So that should be fun, too, because Bobby Nash is going to be in that with us. So basically, it's going to be a crazy authors doing talking about lots of stuff. So I, you know, I've loved every panel I've ever been on because it's it's like the element of hanging with your people. You know, we're we're all different in how we approach it, but we're all creatives and that that creative energy. I just love it. Yeah, but I, I mean I did an interview with Bobby Nash and he is such fun on the in these videos and panels. So awesome. yeah, and with, with you wait. and JD, I'm gonna have a blast on Friday. So <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for us tonight. And Anita, you are always welcome back. You know that anytime you want to come on, we will make space for you. I love chatting with you. And uh, I can't wait to see more of your advice series. I'm really excited for that. I think that's that's a really awesome thing. And I want to yeah. see those book covers. Yeah, um, I'll probably have the the one on on the genres first because I have to find people for the book cover one. 
But yeah, I do want to get that out uh, by the end of the summer, I hope. All right. Well, let me know when you do. I will be putting the notes down below in about 10 minutes so that you can find all the links we've talked about and uh, find where you can get Anita's books as well as her website, all that good stuff. Um, I think that's it. I got nothing else for this week. So I will see you guys again next week. Jane, she'll be back. You'll get some more authors to introduce you to and some more fun conversation to have. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. And I'll be back next week in the audience. So we love you that you are always there. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Bye.